Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for HBO's The Last of Us. I'll follow you anywhere you go, but there's no halfway with this. We finish what we started. Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for HBO's The Last of Us, Episode 9, the finale titled Look for the Light, directed by Ali Abbasi. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our partners at Crave and HBO for letting us watch this series in advance. If you're joining us for the first time, well, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this episode, this season, uh, but not necessarily for The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, so don't worry about that. If, but listen, if you haven't watched this finale yet, make sure you go and do that and then come right back faster than a fresh, hungry runner. Now, before we all drop the ladder and become good friends with a giraffe, let me introduce you to my friendly giraffe of a man and fellow survivor. He's taller than a bloater, uh, and he's certainly an Ellie Toter. He's Justin the Joel Lovin Lawrence. Nate, this is the last of this. <laughs> Jesus. This season. That's that's my that's my you pun for it. you. I didn't think you were going to do it. That was my pun for you. The last of the last of us. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the last of this. Yeah. Uh, Watch Club uh, episode. <laughs> for now. Let me tell you. For, for now, now. We, we know gonna, we got yeah, another season. We know we got another season, <laughs> and we will definitely be covering it again. But we did it, man. Nine weeks of excellent appointment television. Uh, are you going to miss it? You think you're going to miss it? No, because I think that you know. Again, it's it's 2023, man. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we'll have a lot to keep me distracted. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of how much of it is going to stick with me as we as we go through the rest of 2023. Interesting, interesting. I there's a lot of moments that I think will will stick with me for sure. Um, I think you know, I, I think it's just it's the ways that they change things. I think episode three uh, is very much going to stick with me and a, a lot of people. I think this year for as sure. being one of the best episodes of television for sure i think there's standout episodes and there's standout performances without a doubt yes but as yeah. a series as a whole we'll see okay, okay. We'll, we'll discuss we'll, we'll talk about it. we'll talk about it um but justin before we get into this week's episode and sort of break it down here uh, as we like to do you know this week uh this is the final episode we get a lovely moment between joel ellie and as i mentioned earlier a giraffe um before we get to to this episode i want to know in your life what has been your favorite interaction with a wild animal? <laughs> uh, other than you, um, I would have to say, yeah, I would have to say, you know, there was this trip that my wife and I uh, took in, I believe it was 2014. Uh, we went to Chicago and we went to the aquarium there. Oh, and yeah. my, my wife loves penguins, and they had a meet and greet <laughs> with penguins. There you go. Um, so what you, they do is they have you sit in this room, and, and they bring in a penguin, and his name was 808, but we called him Bob because 808 looked like Bob. Oh, there you go. Um, so they, they put him down, and we're sitting at the very back of this room, and it's just like a hallway almost, and, and he it's just a very controlled space. And I kid you not, man, this penguin lands its, its feet on the ground, and just walks right to the back of this hallway <laughs> and stands in front of me and Angie and is yeah. just like looking up at us and like kind of has their <laughs> his head tilted. I've always said, you know, my wife is sort of spiritually connected with with penguins. She she loves them so much. And yeah. in that moment, I was like, good Lord. It's true. I, I, it's just true. <laughs> yeah. And it was such a cool experience to to see. We got to feed him and, and take some pictures with him. So it was it was super cool. I, I That was the closest I've ever been to a quote-unquote wild animal i know they do like those things in, at the san diego zoo mm -hmm. um where you can like do meet and greets with like all sorts of different animals but um yeah i i, I that penguin would probably be the most fitting it's it's a super chill animal i'm i'm down with a penguin there you go 
just hanging yeah. out, chilling. I don't know them. if I want to meet meet and greet and lion or no. Maybe a giraffe. Sure, a giraffe would be dope. But like, I, you know, honestly, in the right context, I'd probably meet and greet a lion. I don't know, but um, I mean, not necessarily a lion, uh, but definitely a wild cat. Uh, for me, I uh, I actually had the opportunity. Um, it was I can't remember which trip it was. It was one of the various trips that I've gone on in my life, uh, and we were flying. And in the airport, there was just a cat. There was just a cat in the airport. I think this was in like Mexico, or you know, it could have been in a couple different places. But just this cat that like came right up to me, just started chilling with me. And I don't know if it was like if it was okay to pet it or for what we were doing. Um, but yeah, airport cats. I don't know. Have you ever run into an airport cat before? No, I've run into airport dogs. Okay, in, at like in Greece. Um, I guess that's a wild animal because they're just <laughs> roaming free. But it's more like, wild than yours. <laughs> I guess. I guess because yeah. a zoo is 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 maintaining it, yeah. but or an aquarium is is maintaining it. But I guess that counts. It's the only thing I can think of. Animals are uh, a gift, and I think honestly, out of all the 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 creatures in this in this universe of the Last of Us. I think they are probably they're they're loving it. They're very happy that well, humans nature are all in gone. itself. <laughs> yeah, well, nature is flourishing, right? Yeah. Like it's the subtext to this whole series is, you know, what happens when you remove humans from from the planet? Yeah, well, it actually gets better, and we we even saw that with the pandemic. You yeah, know? I know. We saw the waters clearing and like and dolphins in Italy yeah. getting closer to the pier and stuff like that. So it's really crazy to think how how. Um, Again, just as a juxtaposition, we as humans are sort of the infection to the earth that kind of are, you know, creating some of these, uh, I guess, planetary issues. Yeah. Yeah, we're the worst. So let's get into it here. Um, (laughs) Before we go in for surgery, let's get into this week's episode for the final time this season. All right, let's get to it here. Our finale hits the ground running as we start with a cold open. Uh, and see an extremely, I know, you love the cold opens, Justin. They're, the, they, you know, they're fantastic. Um, yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, and we see an extremely pregnant Anna Williams running through the forest about to give birth. In the distance, we hear an infected runner screaming, chasing after her. Anna manages to make it back to the farmhouse where she discovers no one's home. She runs up the stairs, bars the door shut with a chair, uh, and flips out her knife and continues to grasp at her stomach in pain. She drops the knife, and as she does, the infected runner busts through the door, clamoring towards her on all fours. It thrusts itself. Oh, it was, it was awful. It thrusts itself on top of her uh, and struggles to fend it off. Anna manages to reach her knife and stabs it three times in the side and once in the neck. The infected falls on the ground, and then we hear it. We hear a baby crying. She looks down, and she notices uh, she's been bit on the leg, but then immediately. Her gaze is brought to her newborn, baby Ellie. Uh, she uses the knife to cut the cord um, and then kisses you know, Ellie's little hands. She's got 10 fingers, 10 toes. And as Ellie cries, she says, you fucking tell them, Ellie. Um, she holds her close to her chest and tells her, it's okay. And then we cut to the intro. So this is our first time getting to see a fully realized uh, Ellie's mom, Anna Williams. What did you think yeah. of this cold open? And what did you think of Ashley Johnson as Anna? Oh, my God, dude. Perfect casting. So, like, so good. She she sounded like Ellie. Well, she of is course, Ellie. Of course, because she like, is Ellie. Like, but, like, the, the fact, like, the, just, just the, I guess, the meta nature, yes. you know, her character is birthing ellie and you know she is the original ellie like it's just it's and the way she was talking and like how she said you know you tell them ellie you, you fucking tell them right like uh it was just all really really great so I'm, I'm glad that you know they used ashley johnson to help tell a new part of ellie's story that obviously will have an impact as we get towards the the end of the episode and matter more but i really did like how this episode kicked off with a cold open and and more more importantly a flashback showing us a point in time where you know the virus is the threat and and people are, are still surviving and specifically focusing on on Ellie's mom Anna um you know we got some great cold opens in the first episode and in the second episode but after that it, it was done and i was really hoping that throughout the season we would have understood a little bit more of about the virus and its evolution and you know that period of time from when it initially dropped 20 years in the past to now 
And I get why we're seeing this moment. It, it, it It's very monumentous. It's very important. And I don't know. That now that I have a baby who's also named Ellie, I can't <laughs> help but like I got I got teary, of you know, course. sitting there, you know, watching her kissing the hands. It's just I paused. I went upstairs and it's saw like... my baby and gave her a little <laughs> kiss. And I was just like, it, it's it's one of those things, especially in that moment when you have a sense of appreciation of things. But also, Anna obviously looks and she sees that she's bitten. You know, she knows the outcome's not going to be good for her. Right. Absolutely. I think it's it was it was very similar to last week with with Troy Baker as James. Right. Like even hearing the noises that she's making struggling through the forest, yeah. I'm just oh, like, that's fuck. that's yeah, she's Ellie. Like walking like, through. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Ellie. Just because I think her voice is even more similar to Ellie's voice than Troy Baker's is to Joel. Well, um, I, yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't think I don't think Ashley Johnson's really putting on too much of a character voice when she does the voice of Ellie in the video games. Um, you know, they might adjust it and maybe pitch it up higher. Yeah. But you know, unlike Troy Baker playing Joel, he's becoming a character, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I as you said, the the meta aspect of her being Ella's mom, the the woman responsible for helping to bring Ellie into our world, is the one. Who bring you know births Ellie into this? Births one. Ellie, yeah, um, it's perfect. It's, it's, it's so perfect. Good. I love it. Um, I love it. And I will say, you know, we had a few moments with the infected this season, but I, I think this might be the scariest one. Like this runner clamoring on all fours is just terrifying, and the noise that it's true. making, like yeah. the way a runner can sound a little more human when it screams, is <coughs> awful. Like it's an audible reminder that this was a living, breathing person at one point, whereas with something mm. like a clicker or a bloater. They're so far gone physically that uh, to me it's not as upsetting to see. They're don't get me wrong, they're gross looking, but but sure. it's it's the it's that sort of psychological, you know, scariness as well of of just the runner of just the first stage of infection. Well, um, Nana Adler at the in the first episode, yeah. Man, like, oh yeah, I think that's still. One that's of the most rough. haunting things is to like, you but know, Sarah's just standing there and she just she's just slowly perching herself up. Yeah, like, that is also terrifying as well. So <laughs> and it shows that they can kind of it, you, you, you can get that that same sense of fear, or that same level of fear. You know, I think a lot of people when when they watch a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of these shows and a lot of these movies, it's like, when's the action going to happen? I need the action moment. Give me the action moment. Uh, and in this case, this was an action moment, but you're right. Even just Nana Adler slowly, you know, kind of in the background, all all blurry, was kind of on the same level of, of horror. Um, yes. But I love, the, I love the fact that Ellie's innate use of swear words comes from her mom. Like hearing yeah. Anna say, like, you fucking tell them, Ellie. I'm just like, yes. Like, that was so perfect. Um, the way, like, Ashley Johnson was phenomenal in this. The way she looks down in fear... And then she's immediately brought back to Ellie and her smile, her sense of joy. But then how in her face, we talk about this a lot on this show of like these actors not conveying emotion. She she switches into the reality, right? Like she realizes like in that moment, right? Like this is going to be a very short lived experience with her daughter. And that's where it gets emotional, right? Like that's why, you know, when she kisses the hands and stuff like that, you get, you can't help but get a little emotional because you realize what this means for her. And again, it sort of continues the theme here to what Ellie will actually experience later on in her life that we saw a couple weeks ago of her and, and, and Riley. And this idea of, you know, a brand new opportunity to truly love and take care of someone ripped away from you in the same moment that you're sort of discovering it or, or sort of making it a reality and it's heartbreaking and uh, she nailed it. Ashley Johnson nailed it. And I was so happy that, that they, they made that decision. Small um, role, small role, but a huge impact, huge impact. Great. And it, I think also yeah. just one more thing here, Ellie born in violence is really captivating. And I think it's another great way that they've added depth to this character that has already been explored so deeply in the source material but they've just sort of said, you know, not She's only tragic from the get go, right yeah. from the get, like right from yeah. birth. And I, yeah. it immediately reminded me of Dexter. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Dexter before, but the idea of like born in blood, um, born in violence and just born into this world. Um, and kind of the idea, too, that like it just happened like that was like, you know, uh, uh, Anna just didn't even realize that she had just given birth. Uh, was crazy. She was so she was so caught up in that moment 
um, in mm. trying to protect herself that she didn't even see that was happening. I just the way it was shot was just really really good. Uh, but let's yeah. let's keep going here. In the distant darkness, we see three lights, three fireflies uh, approaching the farmhouse, and one of them is Marlene. They try the front door, but it's locked. So they enter through the back where they see a window has been smashed through. They slowly walk up the stairs. They hear Anna singing softly to her baby, and Marlene walks through the do- the open door to see Anna holding her baby while also holding her knife against her own neck. Marlene uh, instantly notices the bite mark on Anna's leg, and Anna says it's not your fault, uh, and that she cut the cord before she was bitten. She emphasizes, before. Uh, She asks Marlene to take uh, Ellie with her to Boston to find someone to bring her up and make sure she's safe and to give her the the knife. Uh, We learn that Marlene and Ellie uh, have known each other their entire lives. Ellie asks Marlene to kill her, And Marlene picks up Ellie and takes her back to one of the fireflies in the hallway. She says she can't kill her. Uh, But as she walks away, Ellie begs, begs her, saying, please, as she writhes in pain. Marlene hands baby Ellie over to the soldier, walks in front of the door, looks down, breathes heavy, walks in and fires a single shot, killing Anna. And the noise from the gunshot causes Ellie to cry. So... We get even more backstory here with the fact that Marlene and Ellie have known each other their entire lives. What did you think of this moment of, of again, sort of new life and tragic death? Well, you know, it's interesting to see how Marlene and Ellie's stories somewhat are parallel, mm. right? Like, the, you know, in terms of having to kill someone that you, you care about, whether it be romantically or, or as a best friend or as a sister or whomever. But, you know, the fact that they invested the time to write this scene and put it at the beginning to help add more emotional depth to the overall story. And it just gives more validity to the moments that we see towards the end mm-hmm. to have that. And this is what I was really hoping that we would get more of throughout the rest of this this series you know in earlier episodes I, I as i was mentioning with like you know um the stories with henry and kathleen mm-hmm. it's just these moments of flashbacks that give a little bit more context that allow us to experience these moments and understand the relationships between these characters beyond just expository like you know i've known ellie all her life i knew her mom beforehand i think is how it's how it's addressed in the game we don't see this moment this isn't something that we were we were gifted in the game here we are mm-hmm. you've expanded you You've, you've added a new element to the story that the audience will appreciate. But for those who have enjoyed the game, it elevates the story that much more. And it adds a whole new layer to the narrative that allows us to experience some of the emotional connections that these characters have and the stakes that, that are, are kind of at hand uh, as we get towards the end of the episode. It's also interesting to note, and I, I um, you know, you're talking about the way that it's poetic and the way that sort of mirrors the other stories. Um, and I mean, we'll, we're going to talk about the ending when we get to it, but I think it's interesting that the two most crucial moments for Ellie and why she's still alive, both here and at the end of the episode, is because a parent lied, right? Anna tells Marlene she cut the cord before she was bit, and that's not true. She didn't, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, and did. so with, you know, Joel, again, we're going to get into the ending when we get to it, but I love, I just love the way that this is sort of it adds that structure of like, okay, the beginning of Ellie's life and the ending of this chapter of this story, the writing is just so good. And it's just one of those mm-hmm. things that I'm like, cool, that that elevates a story that I didn't think could be better, um, which is really, really awesome. And I, again, I think that's that's part of the idea of adapting you know, we talk about it literally every week. We're freaking broken records, but it's the well, idea of it's, adapting. It, but it is. But that's what yeah. we're that's what we're talking that's about. We're, right? celebrating. Like, we're not just coming at this exactly. We're not just coming at this as like you know we're just talking about a show. We're coming at it as as fans of the game mm-hmm. that are looking at it through this lens, right? And and if you've been with us week to week, hopefully you've enjoyed that part of the conversation, right? But if you've also someone who's new. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think at the end of the day, the the game experience and the series experience are are meant to be two separate experiences. When we get to the end, we'll talk about it <laughs> and, and, and how it all worked out. Sure. Um, I did think that the hardest part in this scene was hearing Anna begging Marlene to kill her as she's walking away. Um, she, you know, you can you get the idea that like, yeah, she didn't want to go through the pain and suffering of turning. And I just, I, I think she just didn't want to become the very thing that took her daughter away from her, essentially, 
right? She literally just lived through the experience of not just having an infected, but in particular, an infected woman attacking her. And in her, you know, in I could see how in her mind, she's like immediately making that comparison of, I don't want to become that. Do anything you have to, to make sure I don't become that. Um, yeah. And I just thought there was, again... I think that's why she's asking for absolutely. it, Absolutely. Right? Like, um, and then I did want to just shout out the song she's singing, uh, The Sun Always Shines on TV by AHA, uh, which is one of Ellie's favorite artists, according to her tape collection. So I thought that was kind of uh, just a nice little, again, a nice little detail in, long, like in line with Anna's, you know, potty mouth, essentially, uh, that carried over uh, to Ellie, I thought was really, really, really nice. And you, you would imagine, too, if if AHA was one of Anna's uh, favorite songs and she sang it to Ellie at birth, you'd have to imagine, too, that maybe Marlene was a fan and maybe that's where those tapes came from and, you know, your mom oh, really enjoyed this, mm-hmm. when she, you know, that's sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but let's keep going here. We cut from baby Ellie crying to Ellie, present day, sitting on the back of a broken down truck. She's lost in her thoughts and at first she doesn't hear Joel calling out for her. Joel shows her the beefaroni and boggle, which just sounds like a great Tuesday night, you know, beefaroni and boggle, like, let's go. Um, and he, uh, while, while walking down the byway, Joel asks Ellie if she'd like him to teach her guitar, uh, to which she agrees. Uh, while traversing a nearby building, Joel asks Ellie if she could help drop a ladder down, uh, and after, after he gives her a boost. She doesn't quite hear him again, so he asks her if she's okay, and he says, uh, he says, you've been extra quiet today. And she apologizes, but he's like, no, it's, it's, it's okay. And then after boosting her up, she starts to move the ladder, but hears a noise and gets distracted, dropping the ladder. She yells to Joel, telling him, you got to see this. He follows her, confused as to why she's running until he sees it. Ellie standing next to a giraffe, feeding on some nearby branches. He grabs some leaves and hands them to Ellie, and she giggles and smiles huge as she feeds the long-necked creature. The giraffe walks away, and she runs to follow her. While staring at the herd, Joel asks her if it's everything she ever hoped or everything she hoped for. And she tells him it's got its ups and downs, but you can't deny that view. Joel tells her she doesn't have to go through with it getting to the hospital. He says they can just go back to Tommy's and forget the whole damn thing. Ellie tells him after they've been th- uh, after all they've been through and everything she's done, it can't be for nothing. She tells him she'll follow him anywhere he wants to go, but that there's no halfway with this and they need to finish what they started. So what do you think about this, this moment with the giraffes that caused Joel to, um, you know, offer, uh, uh, you know, to back out? Why do you think, uh, you know, why do you think he, well, he was making that yeah. choice in that moment? I think it has a lot to do with just the, even the lead up. He's chatty McGee. Do you know what I mean? Boggle and oh, he's and making Ferroni. jokes. Yeah, well, you wanna you wanna play you wanna play some guitar? Yeah, yeah like I'd love to teach yeah, you. You like, wanna blow up that planning. thing? Oh, I don't have a grenade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like he's he's striking up conversation. He's keeping the dialogue going. He's opening up to Ellie, and I I think part of that ha- extends from him being grateful that she she kept him alive, but also understanding what what happened in last week's episode and that effect that it has. Yeah. So you know, I think he sees himself in this moment in Ellie. And he also understands that Ellie's just a kid. Yeah. You know, she's not given this choice. And he, she sees how happy she is interacting with giraffes. And, you know, beyond the fact that she is the cure, and I use that in air quotes, but she is the future. She is a kid that can build a better, a prosperous future and and find a way for society to be better uh, in some ways, right? Like how ki- people look at kids as, as the future, right? Mm-hmm. He's extending an olive branch in, in a lot of ways just so that that allows him to tell her that you have a choice, right? Y- yeah. You have proven through and through that you, you, you're a kid, but you're also an adult and, and you shouldn't have to make this decision because someone's telling you that you are the cure. Like you can decide. But this moment is, is, is surrounded by a sense of serenity and sereneness. Um, and I think that that just goes to kind of connect as a, as a closure to this journey to see how much they bonded mm-hmm. and how much they've connected. Well, I think he was, to your point, he was worried that, that Ellie would feel f- like she feels forced to be doing this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is the moment that he realized that she was more important to him than his promise to Tess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Seeing her big smile, seeing her just living life in that moment 
Like that's a that's a literally like that's that's the the the, the moment of freedom of her of just mm-hmm. her giggling and smiling and and just and being so curious and 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 exploring the like the world excited. and excited and you know like it's like discovering yeah. like like she hasn't seen things like it's it's such a vulnerable moment for Ellie where again he's thinking and processing what she's gone through and yet here she is at her happiest yeah and he wasn't sure he wasn't sure what would happen at the hospital but he this is mm. where he wants to offer a way out if she wanted it and then her declining it i think to me you know i think that's the side of of tess that really stuck with Ellie along along the way. I think, you know, her thinking about Sam in this moment, right? She's thinking about how she used she tried to use his, her blood to heal him, thinking that if yeah, if, if if that only had happened after they had gotten the cure. Um and she's I think she's thinking more about she's thinking more than just herself in this moment. And I think it's a level of maturity that Joel wasn't necessarily expecting to see from her in this in this moment because again you sort of have that juxtaposition of her she's a kid she's a kid she's running she's yeah. like oh giraffes oh my god right she's it's, happy. it's a whole yeah, thing life and then yeah. instantly no we have to finish this joel like this is this is more important than you and me you know again when we get to the end we'll get to the end but that is why <laughs> she says those names right, right. yes at, at the end yep. she it, it's it on is, her mind it is for her to time. say Exactly. Yeah. That's why she's doing it. Yeah. Like that is why she was doing it. Right. So, you know, to hear that at the end and to think back at this at this moment, I, I totally agree with you. I think those people are in her mind and, and Riley is also at top of her Absolutely. mind. And I think, you know, this is a really for, for a lot of the, the people that played the game, like this is a really important moment from the game. And I, I do think they really pulled it off here. I think they absolutely mm-hmm. nailed it. Um, I love how, though, I and I don't I don't know if. I don't know if this is in the game because I haven't gotten to that part in my replay yet, but Joel has a freaking giraffe in front of him. That's not a thing that you see. I don't care if you've traveled the world front and back and maybe went through a zoo or whatever. It's not a thing you see every day, let alone one that close to you. But all he can do is look at Ellie in that moment and how much she's enjoying it. And I'm sure as a dad, like, you know, you're going to have very similar moments with with your Ellie one day. (laughs) <laughs> For sure, but it also, again, the lead-up too, right? He can sense that something's wrong, which is why he's filling the open, quiet air because right. usually she is pretty chatty. Usually she's the one talking. So it's it's very apparent in the in the early part of the scene that but she's clearly carrying that trauma from the, the moments with David. You know, she she's trying, I think, to reconcile that. She's trying to process that. And Joel's trying to fill that air. He's trying to open her up and, and try to get her talking. Um, and, you know, I think in that moment he sees she's just so vulnerable. She's mm-hmm. just, like you said, there's a sense of wonderment to her in that moment. So, Like, it's like when you when you see a newborn, like a dad holding a newborn for the first time. Right. Or even Ellie, even Anna holding Ellie for the first time, like that look on their face was very similar to what what I think Pedro was emoting through Joel here of just that sort of like, like, oh, she's so happy. And I just want I want the world for her. Um, So let's keep going here. Once they arrive at the hospital, they see a military emergency medical camp. And Joel tells Ellie that he spent some time in a camp similar to this uh, for the scar on the side of his head. He admits that the guy who shot and missed was him. He sits down and Ellie sits next to him and he says when Sarah died, he couldn't see the point anymore. He wasn't uh, he wasn't scared, he was he was ready, but when he went to pull the trigger, he flinched. Ellie says she knows why he's telling her this and she she says, you know, oh time heals all wounds, I guess. To which Joel replies, it wasn't time that did it. Ellie tells him that she's glad that that didn't work out. Uh, and Joel asks for a few more shitty puns. But as Ellie reads her third pun, uh, they see a smoke grenade land at their feet. Joel grabs Ellie as they jump away from it. Uh, and as they choke on the gas, Ellie gets taken away and Joel gets the butt of a rifle smashed into the back of his head, causing him to white out. So this is something uh, new for the show that I don't think was ever brought up in the game. What did you think of the reveal uh, that Joel tried to kill himself. Again, I I, I like this. This is an this is a welcome addition that that spices things up from the game, mm. um, and it, it's another example of Joel opening up to Ellie. Yeah. He, he's he's very much 
he can see and understand that she's gone through a lot. He doesn't want to see her go down a similar route where she's consumed by it and it becomes something uh, that that overtakes itself. Um, so I think in this moment, like, you know, he's sharing more about himself. He's opening up to Ellie in hopes that she can also open up to him and also just even just build that relationship. It's a great payoff for him to share this with her, right? Because it feels earned. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have said, told her that before. No. In this moment, it is 100% an earned moment where you see Joel accepting who Ellie is and understanding who she means to him. You know, you, you mentioned it last, like, you know, someone that, that he thinks uh, is more important to, to fight for other than Tess is, is Ellie. I think this is, this is the real testament to that moment because it's him saying, you know, I, I was in my lowest and I, I tried to kill myself, right? Like, it's, it's, it's grounded. You know, literally pretty much every moment up until Jackson, like him, him telling her at Bill and Frank's, like, we do not discuss the past. That is not to be brought up. Yeah, exactly. He's such yeah. a closed book. So to hear him open up in this moment. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a phenomenal moment of growth. And he trusts her wholeheartedly. And and I, oh, dude, when he says it wasn't time that did it like tears, like I was welling up. I'm like that moment got me so, so much. Uh, his performance when he's trying to explain to her uh, just the way he sort of pauses at times and is, is really well, he, struggling and even just bringing it up. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just extraordinary. I think it's just a really it's another really great, you know, sort of smaller moment uh, from a performative standpoint for for Pedro Pascal. Um, the acting the acting has been top tier. It's for, for consistent. It's like, so why it's do like, we even say it anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but um but it has and i think i think it's good to recognize those moments um and i think yeah. i think this was a great opportunity to show that tommy isn't is no longer the only person he can be fully honest with anymore you know remember the last time he broke down like this you know i think much harsher right but he was with tommy and i i made the comment that you know tommy's the only one in the world that he can say this stuff in front of because he feels as though he can't say it in front of Ellie and here he is and I, I love it I love I love that they managed to get him there I think the soft sentiments of of Pedro Pascal in this moment where he's kind of saying like you're worth fighting for like, oh. you're worth staying alive for uh was so sincere and he's it's his softer way of saying those words sure rather than just simply outright saying you know you're worth fighting for like mm -hmm. you're worth me staying alive mm -hmm. right do you know so um yeah it's it was a touching moment really it's good and, like, I'm, and again so an good. added moment right and, and an added and, moment and absolutely they... that was done well yeah. and that like that like was a nice surprise and it allowed yeah. for a really great character development so right good. so it was like it's good man joel wakes up in a hospital bed and he sees a firefly lo firefly logo i think it's like on a barrel or something across i don't know what the thing he saw yes it is uh yeah. marlene tells him to take it easy and that her soldiers didn't know who he was and that's why they they hit him on the head uh she says ellie wasn't hurt just mostly worried about him marlene asks uh how he managed to get her there uh and he says it was all her she fought like hell to get there uh and when he asks to see ellie marlene says she can't because she's being prepped for surgery Marlene explains to Joel that the doctor believes that the cordyceps in Ellie have been growing with her since birth. It creates a kind of chemical messenger. It makes normal cordyceps think that she's cordyceps. It's why she's immune. He's going to remove it from her, multiply the cells in a lab, produce those chemical messengers, and then they can give it to everyone. He thinks it can be a cure. Joel realizes that cordyceps grow inside the brain. He tells Marlene to find someone else. Marlene tells him there is no one else. He demands to be taken to her, and he tells Marlene she doesn't understand, but she lets him know she was there when Ellie was born and that she promised Ellie's mother that she'd save her child. So she does understand, and she's the only one who understands. Marlene apologizes, saying she has no other choice, and Joel responds with, I do. Marlene tells her men to walk him out to the highway, and if he tries anything, shoot him. So what did you think of this... this sort of a slightly better explanation of how Ellie's immunity works here and sort of the the explanation of, of why they think they have a cure. I think that this is a 
perfect justification for why she would have the immunity. And again, with a TV series, it's better to have things tightened up that feel more grounded in some sort of understanding of science mm -hmm. versus the video game that can just be as it is with, with very little explanation mm -hmm. uh, because the gameplay is obviously the importance here, right? So I think it's it all makes sense. And um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that they went that, that distance to actually kind of give it a sense of justification it's a welcomed addition again yeah i think it's you know in the game marlene just says it was a mutation right and that's as as cut and dry as it is and i think this is another example of like they're not taking away from what happened to the game but it just yeah it makes it clear um she you know she can't die from from just getting bit and and for those who need that rationale right because i think you're right justin i think we're looking at a different audience now of of there's going to be those people that like well I yeah. need to know how it works and you know I, yeah, I think exactly. back to well, like lost or, or just, and and all the yeah, people yeah. that are upset with how the things right. were not explained um and this is that for them I guess well it's just you know they did a lot of listen we're not talking here to talk about lost Do you want to talk about lost? lost forever welcome no, to the I'm lost right now. lost of us podcast <laughs> not, right, not <laughs> the lost of us we <laughs> okay anyways all right. um I think the idea though behind at least what they're you know with what they're doing here is is exactly that it is to ground it so that the audience can understand it because again you can just say it's a mutation in a video game because it's not necessarily like the point of the video game right. but here it has to make sense as a tv series it's you know it is it is a fiction story that we're watching and, and there would be some level of ex explanation mm -hmm. right uh, and it would be pretty easy for them to get called out for lack thereof mm -hmm. if they did go down a mutation route yeah right I, I was hoping when she said mutation it would just go da -da 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 -da. In the background, and be like, "What? What? Just universes are colliding! Oh, oh my god! Let's go! Uh, all right. Last of Us MCU, <laughs> dude! Edition. I'm telling you! Oh my gosh! All right, let's keep going here. Uh, well, walking through the hospital, Joel stops. Uh, Joel keeps stopping uh, until they get to a small enough space where he, he can take out both of the soldiers that are, are sort of guiding him through the through the hallways. He breaks one of the soldiers' noses uh, and uses his rifle to shoot the other one. He asks the remaining one where Ellie is, uh, and when the soldier responds with a fuck you, Joel says, I don't have time for this, and executes him right there. Joel continues on his rampage through the hospital, taking out every firefly in sight. As he runs out of ammo, he picks up a new gun off a fresh kill. One even surrenders in front of him, lays down his gun, but Joel still shoots him dead. He walks through the pediatric wing, passing by murals of zoo animals on the walls, and he eventually makes it to the operating room. He sees Ellie on the table, hooked up, and he demands they unhook her. And when the doctor says he won't let him take her, he shoots him in the head without a second thought. The two other doctors begin to unhook her, and he picks her up, and makes, uh, they make their way to the elevator. Once inside the parking garage, he's confronted once more by Marlene. He tells her Ellie's fate isn't for Marlene to decide, and she says it's not his decision either. It's Ellie's, and he mm. knows it. Marlene says it's not too late. They can still find a way. He, uh, he looks up at her, and we cut to the interior of the car. He's driving away. Ellie wakes up woozy from the drugs, and Joel lies to her, telling her they were running tests on her uh, and the others, uh, oh, sorry, and others just like her who are also immune. But the doctors, they couldn't make it work. Uh, they've actually stopped looking for a cure. Ellie asks where her clothes are, and Joel uh, Joel quickly responds by saying, well, the raiders that attacked the hospital, and the, he barely got her out of there. Uh, she asks him if people were hurt, and he says yes. And she asks if Marlene is okay, and he doesn't answer the question, instead telling her he's taking them home. Ellie turns around. And Joel just says quietly, I'm sorry, as we see him killing Marlene, saying, you just come after her. So, quite a moment. Uh, let's talk about Joel's decision to go to war here. What did you think of this hyper-violent moment of desperation and Joel's choice to kill Marlene? Oh, it was a snap to judgment. As soon as he knew that she was going to probably die, he knew that everyone was going to have to die in that building, mm. right? Like, I think he made that decision early on. I don't know about those nurses, right? I don't know if he, like, if they cut away and... You think I, he I shot them as well? He, well, because in the I game, so. in the but, game like, you can choose 
you can choose to you can't choose to kill the doctor you have to kill the doctor in the game but in the in the game mm-hmm. you can choose to not kill the 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 other doctors or so, the nurses like, so I, like didn't, I, I, I didn't you know kill what them. <laughs> just for no, the record for sure. but like but like i'm just saying like yeah for sure you're not murderous <laughs> but i think at the end of the day i think what we're witnessing here through the medium of the story is is joel just making that snap decision like you yeah. said he's going on a rampage he's calmly confidently walking through this hospital picking off these fireflies mm-hmm. and you know it's it exudes confidence versus you know obviously in the gameplay it's like stealth mode you got to go around and take everyone yeah, out and for so sure on and so forth and and it's it's just a different experience so here it's it's more telling to his character and his story of of, of who joel is in this moment yeah right like in this moment he is confidently fighting for ellie and f- like flawlessly just walking through and the, the decision to kill marlene is obvious like it wasn't a surprise mm-hmm. right given what happens but i think the context of of their conversation just adds more depth given what we saw over this episode mm-hmm. you know she he knows that she's the one that has to make this decision mm-hmm. and he knows in that moment that if it was up to her she's going to choose to die mm-hmm. if it means that they could find a cure he knows that See, I, which is why he's like okay i think he, i honestly i honestly think that he's he he knows that she would do it but he's still going to lie to protect her Interesting. I have a different thought on that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but, but, dude, I I will say, again, we talk about the idea of adapting from a video game. We've seen so many terrible examples. Uh, I think back to to Doom, right, where you get the first person view of the gun, right, and 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 it, awful. And then we, I think back to even just more recently, the Paramount Plus Halo series, where you're inside the helmet and you see the. Uh, no, don't give me any of that. Sh- <laughs> this is this is how like this is gameplay. Like this moment is gameplay, and as dark as that is, th- this th- you know anyone who who had to go through that section picking up new guns over and over and over again because you'd constantly run out of ammo on with these guns. It just it highlights that perfectly. Um, the music here with the heavy bass strings and then the theme song in the background, almost sounding at times mil- like militaristic, and it actually reminded yeah. me a lot of compositions by Nicholas Bertel for Andor. Like it, if you listen sure. back to it, I'm like, it's very Andor sounding. It's, it's great. Well, I think it's I think it's it's highlighting the darkness. Yeah. that's kind of coming out of Joel, like that that bass yeah mixed with that theme song oh. like such a such an such an audible difference to the music that just mm-hmm. feels more rooted into like this sort of the the rampage and the the very calm calm well, rage he goes blank he goes blank faced. we talked about this last week where he goes yeah. blank faced i thought he was very yeah. much that up until when he goes to shoot marlene but it's interesting here because i i don't know how to feel about this iteration of Marlene, because in the game, prior to them getting abducted by the Fireflies, Ellie nearly drowns, and Joel is trying yes. to revive her because she stops breathing, and and you know then he's knocked out by the Fireflies. So you'd have to imagine that in the game, Ellie never woke up, or I guess um, never came to you know uh, came through to have a conversation with Marlene to discuss what was about to happen to her. But here, like. She she says, uh, you know, oh, like unless she's lying to Joel in that moment, but she says, oh, there's not a scratch on her. She was just mostly worried about you. That means that she she did come through. She did. But then so yeah. this is what I'm saying. If Ellie had the if, if, if they had that conversation and Ellie, you know, did uh, choose to go through with it. OK, I, I that's fair. But I also get the idea that Marlene wouldn't have given her the choice. Like, no, she didn't. She didn't. I, I don't think Marlene told her, but I think that at the end of the day, if she has to go through Joel, yeah. it needs to be a decision that she has to make. Do you right. know what I mean? But like, I think, why couldn't you just I wake think them both Marlene, up in the but, same room and just have them sure. talk? <laughs> like, I guess, but I don't, I, again, Marlene is clearly trying to get this going. And I think what she was doing was soft prepping Joel for her, for, for uh, Ellie's death. Right, but that obviously didn't didn't work. The only reason I can think that that would be, because when the last time she left Joel, like Marlene, mm. she's mm-hmm. not watching The Last of Us with us every week. She's not seeing the character growth. She's not seeing him become a dad. So, yeah, but she so, knows so, she knows what he's capable right, of. Right, but what I'm saying like, is she, she made that clear in the first. I understand, episode. but she's not. 
she's not going into this room like her going into this room to to tell her what they're about to do to Ellie. You think he you think she thought he doesn't care correct her anyways. Correct. And that's okay. why she would go in to talk to him. And I guess that's right. where that's where she sort of made that mistake. Misread the situation. She misread the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, like, I don't know, man, I get the feeling that like even if Ellie at the very tail end of it was like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. She she passes by the mural in the hallway. She sees the monkey and she thinks back to being with Joel. First time seeing a monkey. First time seeing a monkey. And she just gets this like, you know, sort of fear flight like sort of thing going on with her. I I don't know, man. I think Marlene would have been like, well, too bad. Inject. And you're, you know, I don't I don't I don't know if she would have chosen. Obviously, we'll never know. We'll never know. But I also the other option, too, is that there was no conversation. had. Right. Do you know what I mean? And there there was just like her probably by saying like she was concerned about Joel. Maybe she was, you know, still kind of woozy and she was asking for Joel and stuff like that. And they're they're already prepping right. her and moving her in. Like, again, it, it's all circumstantial. We, we it's it's just it's subtext. Right. But I think the most telling thing is the fact that she's calling Joel out on his bullshit mm-hmm. um, of if, you know, you're making this decision for her. Right. She's not making this decision. Yeah. She's not deciding whether it is. And I think it's been pretty clear that Ellie, I think she kind of already might have known. She might die here. Right. Right. It, it might be a part of the process in which they're trying to extract the cure and she might not make it out alive. Right. And that's what I was saying before about the conversation with the drafts. And how she's like, we have to go all the way. I, and you were right. I think she is thinking about Tess. She's thinking about Sam. She's thinking about Riley. She's thinking about all the people that potentially she could save. And I think she's ready to potentially die. She knows that that's a possibility, that she might not end up out of this yeah. alive. I don't know. I don't know. We could debate this into okay. the ground. We'll never I know, know. I know. But I just think I think it's I think it's all tonality throughout the acting, yeah. right? Throughout these performances, and 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 you know they're obviously acting the words on the page, but you have to read through their body language and the way they look when Bella acts that scene, and she's like thinking, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we got to go all the way to do mm-hmm. this. I think she knows instinctually that that is a potential possibility okay. that she might die. Okay. Well, listen, we got one more section to go through here. After a brief driving montage, they make it uh, about uh, to about a, roughly a five-hour hike away from Jackson. That's, that's as far as the car <laughs> will take them. Uh, and while walking, Joel tells Ellie that he thinks she'd like Sarah and that Sarah'd like her too uh, because Ellie's funny. He thinks that she would have made her laugh. They finally reach the Jackson settlement, uh, and Ellie stops Joel to tell him about the, the first time she killed someone. She tells him that when she got bit in the mall, she wasn't on her own. Her best friend was there, and she got bit too. They didn't know what to do, and that uh, that you know she, her friend told her they could just wait it out uh, and be all poetic and lose their minds together. She says, then she did, and I had to. She pauses and tells him her name was Riley, and she was the first to die. And then it was Tess, and then Sam. Joel tells her that sometimes things don't work out the way they hope. You'll feel like you've you've come to an end uh, and you don't know what to do next. But if you just keep going, you find something new to fight for. She tells him to swear to her that everything he said about the fireflies is true. And he says, I swear. And she says, okay. And that's the end of season one of The Last of Us uh, from HBO. What did you think of Joel's response to Ellie? You know, her her promise. Um, and now that we're end of you know we're at the end of at least this chapter of the story, um, and this might open up a whole new can of worms here. But is Joel a good guy? Look, Joel is a good guy who's making a bad decision. That is entirely true. He wants to protect Ellie at all costs, but she she should she should choose her own future. She shouldn't have that future decided for her mm. based on the fact that she she has you know the potential of of that cure. He's not letting her decide, though. Mm-hmm. He is actually making the decision for her because she deserves life, right? She she deserves to to live and have more moments like the one that they shared with the giraffes earlier in this episode. He and, sees that it's not fair that, like, why is it fair that she's the cure? You know what I mean? And but also, I think he has doubt. Yeah, I don't think he's like he's like c- confirmed. Oh, they said this. Psh, they know it's a gamble. What if they kill her and it doesn't work, well, dude? 
he that's what's How running would they through have his mind, even man. distributed it right like think about it this way right we're and, and this is in a really very sort of close to home reality unfortunately but how do we even know the people of this world would even want a cure right we've seen three major examples of how terrible people have have come to power right during this outbreak we've got you know the corrupt Kansas City Fedra soldiers like all those awful people for 20 years dude 20 years Kathleen the outcome of that situation and then David and I don't really think that anyone in their position and there's more examples in this world I'm sure than just them I don't think anyone in this situation would want the world to go back to normal and so I just think I think the fireflies I I think the flyer the fireflies absolutely are they well-intentioned sure absolutely 100% they 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 want to save the world but they they you know they're not going about it the right way I don't think they're making the right decision and at the end of the day you know, Joel's not making the right decision, but he did save the world. He saved his world. And, yeah, exactly. and I think that I think it was the right decision. Um, I think you're yeah, right. I, I think, think he did a good guy. I would thing. I would do it. I would do it. I would do it for my own daughter. Right. I yeah. would do it. Would you do you it, it for me? Like people that I have these. <laughs> I do it for oh, you. Wow. I'd lie to you. OK. I'd lie to you. It. Make sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> save, save me instead of the world. I appreciate right. it. Right. And I think, again, Joel knows at the end of the day that if she knew the truth, she'd still go through with right. it. Right. She would sacrifice herself for the betterment, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like, do people want it? But, you know, in the final moments here where she is, you know, she first calls out the fact that she killed Riley in the game. She I never wanted said to get, that. yeah, I wanted she, to get to that because we talked right? about this. She killed, yes, exactly. Yeah. So here is that. Again, why didn't they show us that moment? I would have loved to have seen it. Maybe even just here. It takes us there. Do you know mm. what I mean? Or it takes us there at some point mm. just to see that moment when she has to do it. And then when he when she confronts her yeah. and says it, that would have been great. I just would have loved that. Mm. And the fact that she mentioned Tess and the fact that she mentioned Sam. Again, it connects back to that draft, the scene with the draft, mm-hmm. where she is saying in her head, I, I got to go through with this because people died to get me here. Right. Mm. And I'm doing it for them. And I don't know what that means for me. But I got to do it for them. Yeah. And, I, and I honestly believe that that's what that moment says. Like Bella Ramsey did such a great job so with that great. acting in that moment. You can just read between the lines. Yeah. And, you know, her motivation to be a part of the cure is something that is in, is is sort of in her mind that's going to take away from her, her overall experience of life. Like he's reluctant to believe in the possibility of a cure. And I think in the end, Ellie doesn't actually believe him. When she says, "Oh no, okay, that that okay, that's the kind of okay that you give to someone when you're like, I love you, I know you're lying, but I'm I'm gonna just say okay right now, just because we're gonna keep going on right now." You know, I think on a lighter note, hearing Joel fill that void, even though even though he's kind of just filling the void of silence, him just talking about how you know Sarah was more girly. And I love that little that little tiny moment where where Ellie's like, she's like, no, I'm not girly, and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, thank goodness you said it, <laughs> like I'm off yeah, the hook here. Yeah. Um, but even again, yeah. another instance of a sense of guilt, mm. I think, and maybe him opening up more. Yeah. Like he's talking about Sarah so freely. Yeah. Like considering where we where we've seen him, right? Like there's there are these telling moments of. Joel becoming more comfortable and I think maybe he is a bad guy because he's sheltering Ellie keeping her for himself to keep him alive Mm -hmm. to keep him going to keep him striving because now he sees a reason you know to look for the light she's his cure she's his cure (laughs) she's his cure I know All right, let's get to our uh, overall thoughts and final score for this episode which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five moments of uh, of love and then we're going to also rate our our thoughts on the first season of the show which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five moments of fear the other theme that is so prevalent that we have not shut up about uh, every single week Justin Go ahead. Yeah, you know, this episode was was great, and it, it had a lot to do with the performances we got. Uh, the story itself felt very cut from the game, and rightfully so, because 
the last act of this game is is stellar storytelling and there's this nuance of little things and new things sprinkled throughout like seeing the birth of ellie and and meeting anna williams and understanding her relationship with marlene and seeing the parallels between that relationship and ellie's relationship with riley and seeing that sort of juxtaposition uh, and also just the science of of why ellie is immune to this virus Pedro and Bella Ramsey, like they are flawless in this episode. They deliver such outstanding performances. And again, as everything we were talking about, it's not just the word delivery. It is the emotion behind the eyes. It is the facial reaction. It's it's the way things are said or the way uh, emotion is conveyed. That is this the acting in this show is so freaking good man it is so good and this episode is just like a great way for us to see as an audience as an audience like they have become joel and Ellie. oh yeah they are wholeheartedly these characters uh whereas before they were playing the personas grumpy joel and and you know the you know spunky in your face ellie here it's like they're so comfortable with their characters mm-hmm. so uh, great acting um, but like the rest of the season this episode adapts portions of the game that are integral and necessary for the story um, and I think you know wrapping this season just like the game you know with Joel doubling down on 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 the lie that that pretty much you know is going to set up for a, a season two that'll be rooted in emotional baggage I'm, I'm just telling yeah. you um, and, and it does leave you know you leave you with the thought like you asked earlier like is he doing the right thing or is he doing the bad thing? I, I'm kind of like, I know what he's doing, but it, it it's not right, but he's a good person for doing it. It doesn't make him a bad person for doing mm. it. He's protecting Ellie. So it's like, you know, do that with what you may. But I think overall this episode played exactly as I had expected it. And I was surprised by some of the narrative elements that were added throughout. So I'm, I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5 moments wow. of love. Okay. Why don't I jump in? I'll jump in. I'll give my thoughts on the episode, and then we'll collectively talk okay. about the season. Um, so, yeah, this episode, I think like the past few episodes, was, again, almost a direct translation of the game. Some intriguing changes. Um, the way they added the aspect of Joel's suicide just adds that slight little bit of extra character growth for him. And I think it helps round out his story for this chapter, bringing him full circle before we get sort of right back into seeing his desperation mode, right? His blank face mode with the attack on the fireflies. Uh, and the performances, dude, come on, they're stellar. Um, they're the thing that keeps this episode oh, It's up unreal. Ashley opinion. Johnson is yeah. Anna. Oh, so good. Such a powerful addition. <laughs> and to actually get to see Ellie's birth and the circumstances in how Anna died, again, mm-hmm. it, it just gives more depth to a character I didn't think we could go deeper with in terms of Ellie. Um, pretty much everything worked for me this week. The, the music, uh, the moments of action, as dark as they were, the moments of levity and seeing Joel and Ellie sharing more moments of true freedom was very welcomed, especially with how heavy this, this episode uh, got and, and, and the, how heavy this series can get. Um, so this was a great finale for this chapter of the story. I'm, I'm actually going to give this um, a solid 4.5 out of 5 moments. Okay. Love. All right. I thought you were going five out of five. Um, I, I I love I love that we're both on the same scale. Let's let's see how we feel about the season though, because it's it'll be interesting. So, um, I I honestly believe that this series has some of the best parts of adaptation, but also the worst parts. Tonally, this series matches the games with a mix of the original source material and with some new elements. However, I really wish they added more new rather than just going to the play by play of the game. Uh, you know, episodes one and three are probably some of the best episodes of, uh, in my mind yeah. from this entire season because it took the source material and it gave us something new and something that surprised us as, as fans of the game and also something that would still include a whole new audience. Most of the rest of the series, though, is more or less the same as the game. And, and they do make some small changes here and there, but just not enough that I thought was drastically different. Like in the episodes with uh, Henry, Sam, and, and Kathleen, sure, you can switch up the city that something takes place in, but you're still feeding me expository information as if I'm in a game about people's actions and about their relationships and about how close they were. I'm hearing these moments when I'm watching a TV series and I should be seeing these moments unfold. Whereas episodes one and three, they really pushed the boundaries, they went the distance, and they made things different sure also the first two episodes featured some haunting cold opens that told a story 
about the virus outside of the main story. And I was like, first two episodes, I was like, this is going to be great. Like, even if they give us these moments at the, at the beginning that may not have anything to do with the actual episode, but just give us more of the story about the virus over the last 20 years outside of the main story as sort of context, as a background history as to what went down, I think would have been totally great i think we could have even seen some more clickers at the same time i think time. you want us i think you want like a side series justin like the world of the last of us almost not necessarily because I, I understand that the reason why there's not as many clickers is it's more situational it's not gameplay it's not something that we need to kill we're watching a tv show right so at mm-hmm. the end of the day it's just an added layer to to serve the larger story mm-hmm. In terms of like the world building sure. elements, they could have added a little bit more. They had a really great trajectory with the first two episodes, mm-hmm. those great cold opens that told the story outside of the main story about the virus as it gives more context to this world, yeah. as it gives more context to everything else while not steering so far away from from the original story of the game, which they executed beautifully. I do think that this show uh, kept its theme of love and fear consistent throughout the entire series. Um, And, you know, we've talked about this, but, you know, love and fear are fundamental to the evolutionary process. You know, they they share common roots in reproduction, survival, and they're perceived with safety and well-being, which are all themes and things that we've seen play throughout this series. You know, the bleak reality that people are the worst Mm. and and more worse than the infected. It's a sad reality that, that, and, and and a, Again, another haunting truth of what would be in a post-apocalyptic time. That stays as a consistent theme throughout this series. The story perfectly matches the game and what it's meant to do. And the story of the characters of Joel and Ellie. And I think that has a lot to do with performances. As we've said, Bella Ramsey, Pedro Pascal, the entire cast. I'm not going to list them all. They are friggin' fantastic and it's just such beautiful acting and and in many cases that's what's kept this series even more consistent uh beyond everything else is is the performances mm-hmm. uh Mazin and and, and Druckmann have, have really struck gold by by bringing this series to life and I'm very excited for a part two but I hope that they find more opportunities to just sprinkle in some things that make it different from the game but that said again the performances are the emotional connection for me, uh, very much like it is in the game. You know, we have Troy Baker's Joel, we have Ashley Johnson's Ellie, but now to add to that, we have Pedro Pascal's Joel and Bella Ramsey's Ellie that just add a whole new dynamic and a whole new layer to this story uh, as it's reimagined and as a TV series. The show did what it needed to do. Uh, it sparked conversations week to week. It attracted new fans while appealing to mass fans of the game. Uh, So it was a success. I'm gonna be giving this entire series a four out of five moments of fear. Cool, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think, what a damn good show. What a damn good show. Um, I've said in my review for The Last of Us Part Two uh, that as a video game, it pushes the medium forward in terms of storytelling. And this does the same thing for video game adaptations, right? This is the new bar for how to deliver these incredible stories that so many people are missing out on because they they either don't like games, they didn't grow up with them, they don't have time, they physically cannot play a video game. And here they have the opportunity to explore these incredible stories. And and the thing is, it's like, you know, I've, I've talked to tons of people who don't play video games, didn't grow up with video games, even like my own parents who are just like, like my mom the other day uh, randomly was just like, I, I think I was I was talking about The Last of Us and how, you know, they are adapting. Uh, it's, I was telling my dad to watch uh, the first three episodes. And, uh, and, and she's like, oh, you know what's weird? She's like, I only ever recently, like in the past year, discovered that video games have stories. And I was just like, oh no. Like, obviously, we haven't done our due diligence to tell people that, yes, there are great, phenomenal worlds that are built beyond just controlling, you know, and pressing some buttons. Um, so, yeah. So so I do think that, that you know, there's not much more I can say about the cast of this show. Um, Bella Ramsey, Pedro Pascal, perfectly cast. Uh, the entire ensemble cast. The additions of bringing in Troy and Ashley. Fantastic. 
Um, I, I, I think the music continues to be excellent, beautiful, and haunting. And the way that it's used in the show is so, so, so good. Um, and the way the show is shot, like it, it's captured the the sort of we were talking about the idea earlier of like the natural world coming back to life and it captures that at times it's breathtaking the way that they shoot this show and and just again love seeing that it was shot in Alberta um and you know I think they took what they needed to take they added more to help bring forward an even greater sense of messaging in the themes of parenthood and as you said love and fear and I think it's it's a it's a beautiful and sad look at the darkest and brightest parts of humanity. And I'm so, so happy that so many more people have gotten to enjoy it week to week. Uh, so HBO's The Last of Us is getting the same score that I, I, you know, I would give the game. It's the same score that I give the DLC for the game. It's the same score that I gave the sequel for the game. And that is a solid five out of five moments of fear. And that is it for this week's Watch Club for HBO's The Last of Us. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen, you don't have to storm a hospital to save the one person you know in your life who makes life worth living. Instead, Justin, can you let our lovely listeners know how they can reach us outside of their QZ? Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our spoiler-free review for the Apple TV Plus original series Hello Tomorrow, as well as Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Plus... We also have some interviews with the cast and crew of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Justin sat down with Catherine Newton, who plays Cassie in the film. And I had a lovely chat with Peyton Reed, the director of the Ant-Man trilogy. So, uh, you know, go check out uh, those interviews. You know, you can check them out here on, on podcast service of your choice or on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. And we're also on TikTok uh, at We Are Geekcentric. Justin, earlier when you were doing the clamoring, of the 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 infected i was like that could be your tiktok dance maybe that's what you know make that a thing make that go viral i could do that oh <laughs> like an infection Pun intended wow. my dude um <laughs> listen if you're enjoying this watch club uh, or if you enjoyed this watch club um and you want to travel to a galaxy far far away we currently have two other watch clubs going on still going for star wars the bad batch season two uh, and another for season three of the mandalorian uh so again subscribe here subscribe on youtube check out the tiktok subscribe to us on our social medias we got a bunch of great stuff coming at you this year justin thank you so much for joining me for this watch club and as we say for the final time this season uh, you know what actually hold on now that i've sort of concluded that the fireflies might not have all been you know sort of good people uh, i'm actually gonna i'm gonna change it up a little bit if that's okay, as the, in the last episode. Uh, and instead, I think we should go with with maybe Joel and Ellie's last words in this season. Um, so, as we say, I swear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>